of Smells Like Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Wildst. In today's episode, I'm in the sun, back in BK. Sipping on some sunshine in the park. And I'm joined on this very special day, on this very special intro by a very special Shauna Christmas. Shauna, welcome to the show. What's up, Jeff Wildst? (laughs) (laughs) Hi. So we're doing the double intro because, you know, usually this is the space where I catch people up on the life what you need to be caught up on is uh, the tour that we went on together. Yes. You brought me on the road. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. So I figure what better way to recap all that than to have the headliner on. Oh, wow. Me. That's you. That is me. What's up? Yeah, that was fun. We did it, it was fun. We did it. I figure we should, we should hit them with the, the cities and the venues. Okay. Because we went through the Midwest. Right. I told them on the last episode very briefly. But truth be told, I didn't really know where we were going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even during the tour, you're like, where? What's next? Yeah, what's tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, very um, much so. I, I actually started the journey before you because mm-hmm. I was leaving Las Vegas to come to New York. And so I stopped in Denver first and did a show there and then booked it to uh, Kansas City to meet you. Kansas City, Missouri. Yes. That or, threw me. Uh, Kansas. Kansas City, Kansas? That's the airport you flew into. That's right, yeah. I think so. Yeah. It's very confusing. Yeah. Why are we allowing them to do this? <laughs> Why is there two Kansas cities in two different states that are right next to each it's other? It's literally like 10 minutes and you're like on a different state. But yeah, I picked you up at the right airport. I was very excited about that because I yeah. was concerned. <laughs> yeah. It landed in, in Kansas City, Kansas, but then the first show was in uh, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, the, the pop-up art gallery. Was that in Missouri? That was in Missouri. Okay. See, it's confusing. Also, Missouri, thunderstorms out the ass. Yeah, yeah. That was insane. Pretty pretty epic ones, though. Like, out of nowhere, it's like Armageddon outside. Yeah, a lot of of thunder action out there. Yeah. Once you're in the house, though, it was pretty cool to see the thunder. Oh, yeah. Watching from from the safety when you're not, like, in a car driving through it. Amazing. Yeah. Real light show. Per usual with, you know, any kind of weather. You're like, I like snow when I'm not... shoveling it or you know walking having around it, having to deal with it right 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 you get to watch it there you go yeah. yeah yeah but the art gallery that was a cool show huh it was cool it was a great little audience too they were pretty fun i was excited about it a lot of side chicks in the audience a lot of side chicks <laughs> there was a blind guy which seems was to be blind? oh yeah he was with the, t- the side chick he was in that crew i yeah. forgot there was a blind guy I, we've had a, quite a few blind guys at shows as yeah of, what's happening with as our shows <laughs> There was two at the last one. Not we nothing against the blind coalition. I don't want you guys to be showing up, sitting in the front row and heckling me. <laughs> heckling the wrong direction. <laughs> Just heckling the back of the room. Man. Ugh. If you're going to heckle me, at least do it to my face. <laughs> That's why I sit in the front so they know what's up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was strange, though. Even that show in Jersey, he was talking to, like, the back of the room. Like, dude, this, this is the end of the show. How have you not figured this out already? <laughs> I thought your other senses were supposed to be stronger. Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> straight up yelling to a post i'm like buddy i'm at your six <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> but yeah 
yeah, yeah, that art show was cool. It was a cute little art gallery, and then even the hang after. I always find that some people think that like the Midwest is boring, and yes, it is. But I I find that it's it's a little bit more like fun to go hang out there. Yeah, because people are are ready to like for, for an actual hang. You right. Know? Yeah, because they live there, so that they're kind of sad. <laughs> so when anybody comes to town, it's like we got to show them how we do it out here in the dot. You and also I mean? like comedians you you have to go to the midwest yeah because there is nothing to do yep. except go to your show <laughs> <laughs> you know you are the thing to do that night yeah yeah that's true i felt that way in uh at the zoo bar yeah night two so after missouri uh we went out to lincoln nebraska that's right to hit the blues the blues stage yeah that was such a treat for me. Yeah, you, you're really big on stages. I'm huge on stages. You, I love a stage with history. I love a stage that has had people on it that I like. Right, yeah. Big, and even if it looks cool, like very, that was my favorite part of the trip, I'm not going to lie. Chicago was dope too, but we'll get to that. You had a killer set too. It, well, that helps too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that you're like, helps. I love Zubar because I'm murdered. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Favorite place by far. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was a lot of fun. Buddy Guy on that stage yeah. oh diddly yeah i mean i have vinyl of those guys yeah man oh man what a room <laughs> a lot of stickers in that place a lot of stickers yep yep got to go into the basement with the the bartender and the and the uh, owner and the owner and yeah i didn't go down there right well you weren't invited to I the was, cool hang well i'm sorry i was at the top of the bar flirting with the elderly so <laughs> as getting, you do get, getting free drinks you were yes that were only two dollars and fifty cents anyways i was still getting them <laughs> i know that was crazy i was like wait he's like comics get half off of drinks and i was like i'll have a tito's and pineapple and he's like 250 and i was like whoa yeah you I'm get a wealthy. shot of tequila and hand him a five they give you a fistful of change <laughs> what is happening here i love lake in nebraska that's the other thing about the midwest too the shows are lit people are like dying for something to do and it's so inexpensive yeah it's ridiculously inexpensive oh it's almost God. like you think about moving there because where you live you're like how why are we even doing this i remember the day after the show we were like we're gonna start an empire out here yeah we were plotting it like we could take over this apartment this, this guy we were staying with the brad stewart he's a comic shout out to brad yeah he let us crash at his place two bedrooms he's like 525 two bedrooms like a carport in the back you got a porch yeah, a porch? A porch. Porch life. I'm about that porch life. Not a stoop, New Yorkers. An a actual porch. porch where there's nobody else walking up and down and getting in the way. 525 Are you kidding me? $525. That was insane. Yeah, we were thinking about, let's just stay here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go back to New York. Yeah. Why? This is insane. We can just start our own empire here. Yeah. yeah. But God, was it boring, huh? I... You know what? We had the day off the next day. I think we, I feel like if you're a fun person, you can make any place fun, honestly. That's true. I think we could probably figure out how to turn it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did a, we did a pretty good job, we, but. Yeah. They were so pumped to meet us at the mic the next day. They were like, oh, you guys are in town from New York and what's it like? And just like. That was a very fun part too. We I felt I, very famous there. <laughs> yeah. That, it's, it always makes me laugh when your credit is from New York City. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah. New York and Vegas are like, how are you even? Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. You've yeah. made it. <laughs> what are you coming here for? It was a lot of confusion. You're right. Yeah. People are like, why are you here? What did you guys do? Right. Yeah. Tell you guys some jokes? Lincoln's an interesting place. I, I remember just kind of taking a, a survey of what was going on in the town and being like, okay, there's a, 
a lot of hot looking prostitutes i guess are here some secretly gays i'm not sure what's going on it was just weird and just like unless you murdered somebody there's no reason to go there voluntarily like <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then they told me that the state motto was nebraska it's not for everyone and i fell out laughing so it's a revelation <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden s- all of this makes so much yeah, more sense there you go <laughs> it sure isn't for everyone <laughs> We stopped the um, uh, potential killer at the mic. <laughs> there, there was, there was a guy who we were convinced was either a vampire or uh, a future shooter. Uh, yeah, and he went up on stage. This is this is the day after we had done. Uh, we were a bit inebriated throughout the day and went. And uh, at the end, we were like, "Let's hit the let's hit the mic." And so we went to a mic. Yeah. And uh, that stage was cool too. Yeah, though. yeah, some of the historic. Duffy's. Yeah, and the little historic yeah. stage too. Yeah, yeah, Nirvana played there. That yeah. was that's a that's a fun fact. There you go. And uh, yeah, sure enough, this guy went on stage and did some of the strangest, loudest comedy while wearing a suit. While wearing a fully wearing a full button up, like a three piece. Yeah. And was dead quiet in the room <laughs> except for me going you guys better laugh he's gonna kill us <laughs> yeah you had the presence of mind to save <laughs> the room <laughs> right so y'all better laugh <laughs> we yeah. don't know what's in that backpack <laughs> yeah turns out very nice kid works at men's warehouse yeah which literally explains the suit <laughs> i felt so bad when he said that i laughed in his face <laughs> i was like that is hilarious dude and he's like why <laughs> I was like, oh, you no, you are, you okay, oh, my bad. Yeah, super sweet guy. Also probably secretly gay. I don't know. Everybody and we met in Lincoln, Nebraska was <sighs> shades of gay. <laughs> Even on stage, their jokes were like, and then I, and then I suck this guy's dick. You're like, why is that the punchline? Yeah, funny, right? Wouldn't it be funny if I was gay? Nope. Just be gay, dude. Just, yeah, and, come and speak from that point of view. That'd yeah. That'd be interesting. Yeah, 100%. Good times, though. Yeah, so Lincoln, Nebraska, that was a, that was a, real, that was a real highlight. And yep. then we went out to we went back to Kansas. We went south. We kind of did the tour in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, we kind of were bouncing around. We did uh, Kansas, Wichita. Wichita. Yeah. We went to uh, a gay bar. Was it a gay yeah, bar? Yeah, Jay's Lounge. Jay's Lounge. Jay's Lounge. Yeah. And I met Jay, but he was completely smashed before the show <laughs> even started. He's right. like, "I'm going to Italy tomorrow." I was like, "Oh my god, please go to sleep." Right. He's like, "But I want to see your set. I think you might be funny." And I'm like, "I am, but please don't." vomit while I'm on stage Just, yeah yeah jay's Jay. lounge was a wild one yeah. i got drunk at jay's <laughs> you know why you got drunk at jay's tell everybody why you got drunk at jay's well they had had a deal where <laughs> performers uh drink for free it was whatever <laughs> you want <laughs> whatever no limited quality like no it was just like all night it was funny because he the bartender told me what was up he was like oh performers drink whatever for free all night and i was like cool and then i come back and tell you i'm like hey we get the drink for free and you're like what and i was like yeah you're like i'm getting fucked up <laughs> yeah it's time to get it's happening i hear you let's shot do the this. bear let's do it yeah it and was so that was yep <laughs> yeah that was that hang yeah Luckily, I mean, yeah, they were they were cool. They were cool in there. It was a fun show. It was and a then rowdy we went bunch. Went to another another place afterwards to hang out. Yeah, that that the rest of the night gets a little hazy for me. Yeah, I remember sitting in the back. Yep. And we were. I just remembered listening to this guy talk about his album. Yeah, Jeff likes to listen to anybody talk about their art when it's especially about music or something. He's just that's like, so funny because this episode features an interview with yeah <laughs> an artist yeah he's a, all about jazz he's all about music so anytime somebody's like talking about a thing about music he's like i would love to hear that oh my yep. god super drunk saying i want to hear your things yeah yeah just and hit I'm me like, with all no, of it he doesn't 
we're, we're not going to Meanwhile, listen. I don't remember <laughs> anything he said. <laughs> I probably wouldn't even be able to tell you what he looked like, honestly. Me neither. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to make sure I wasn't too smashed because we have to drive back. Yeah. I mean, no offense to the guy. I remember being interested at the time, but I also <laughs> remember not knowing where I was. I was very <laughs> drunk that night. Jeff does a really good... Um, I'm interested in what you're saying kind of deal when he's been drinking. I think it's hilarious because people believe it. Well, it's <laughs> it's not a facade. It's just it's if, just I at, have to be present. At the time, you're I'm very for- much pumped about it. Yeah, I'm forced to be present because I can't. <laughs> I only have the clarity for this second, <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. And then the final leg was uh, Chicago, which was. A real treat. That, how much fun was Chicago? I enjoyed Chicago. Yeah, you I, got so up at the Laugh Factory? I did. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah, I you was, smashed it, too. Thanks. That was a great was, set. I'm always concerned when there's a, a venue that big. I'm like the opposite of most comics. We're like, oh, it's hard to make five people laugh. I'm like, give me five people. Are you kidding me? 500? Uh, okay, whoa. This is high stakes. You know, I'm the opposite. So I was excited. You knocked it out of the park. Thanks. And before that, we got to do was Beauty Bar first, right? B-Bar was the first night. I think it was a Thursday night show. The dance party started immediately as the comedy show ended. They, they were trying to start while the show was still going on. Security had to like escort three drunk girls out. They were yeah. ready to party before the show was even over. He was like, come back later. You guys are loud. And also that security guy was so cool. Yeah. He was really like like a lifeline in that show. Yeah. We, we went back there because they were playing like really like aggressive white girl shake your ass music. <laughs> And I started picking up on like, is he, is the DJ fucking with us right now? <laughs> and sure enough, I talked to security and he's like, oh no, he 100%, that's what he does. He's like, he's, tr- he's, it's a joke if you're in on it. If you're, if you're not in on it, then it's just like stand back and watch white girls shake their ass upside down on the wall. Like people were really. They were, yeah, it was pretty, pretty lit for them. And it was crazy because he would like play juvenile, like back that ass up and then like bare naked lady. It's like, why? <laughs> back to back and people. Why? Without skipping a beat, would, we're losing it. Why did you do this? <laughs> it was like what like nine thirty, and there was girls like crawling under dudes yeah legs one girl was super drunk she was like <laughs> sliding all around the ground and just like she was a hot mess and uh, i was thoroughly entertained yeah i mean uh, so no, fun normally after comedy shows you, people don't hang out and party at the club but apparently that was the spot on the thursday night oh yeah man yeah. so fun what else did we do we did the rooftop show in Uptown. Yes, the um, stand-up stand-up. It's like a secret. It's not secret, don't tell, but it's more like... It's kind of like if you know, you know. Yeah, but yeah. they kind of they were doing a rooftop series for this summer where they yeah. just did every show on the rooftop somewhere in Chicago. We caught like the very last one, I think. Yeah, cool, really cool views. Heard some gunshots, too. That was Chicago. so wild. Yeah. Legit gunshots, and then somebody was like, eh, it's fireworks. It's like... I don't see any sparkles. Yeah, we were concerned, but also like, no, we were fine. Like, we're, you're on the roof. Yeah, they'd have to be shooting pretty high. Yeah, you'd have to miss by a lot <laughs> to hit somebody. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that was wild. That was a fun show, though. It got really cold, though. That was the thing about Chicago. Like, we were free. You had you didn't have your jacket. I didn't have a jacket. You didn't I, bring a jacket. I didn't. I wasn't thinking. But but to be fair, I feel like we caught some of the best weather Chicago was going to have this whole year. That's what they were saying. Like, oh, it was just really hot. You just missed it. I was like, no, no, I'm cold now. I yeah. really wish I was here when it was hotter. <laughs> I was complaining. Yeah, that, that night on the rooftop was the only time I wish I would have had a jacket. Otherwise, it was like walking around in a t-shirt. Sunny. Yeah, it's pretty great. Oh, my God. I enjoyed it. Yeah. What else did we do in Chicago? Oh, we hung out. We went to uh, Dave Hellum's show. Dave Hellum has a show. He, uh, he's a writer. 
for a lot of stuff. He's a Chicago comic, and he lives in L.A. sometimes. And he has dope show. He does one in Chicago and one in L.A., and he was in town for this his show. And then Hannibal Burris shows up. Hannibal Burris. Later on. And who was Flying Lotus? Flying Lotus you was there, too. You got to meet too. Flying Lotus. He had I a, got to meet Flying yeah. Lotus in a bar where Hannibal Burris was hanging <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, it was a pretty cool And weirdly enough, uh, the homie Murphy was the bartender, which From I, the didn't, show I didn't figure out until... <laughs> Until the next day, yeah. where he was like, oh, hey, I saw you at the bar. It was like, what? wait, what, what, what? <laughs> he was Me? the DJ at the comedy show on the roof. <laughs> this is so wild, too, because, like, if anyone's listening to the show, he was literally one of the first, he's literally the first guest on the first episode of Smells oh, Like yeah, Radio. Oh, yeah, that, too. <laughs> and I'm looking at him in Chicago, like, where do I know you from? Because it had been, what, a year and a half, maybe? <laughs> I was like, wait a second, yeah, I know you. <laughs> so wild. Yeah, Chicago was a lot of fun. We... we we had a blast. We we had a spicy nuggets run. One o'clock in the morning at Wendy's is pretty dope. Yeah. Shout out to Wendy's. Yes, the spicy <laughs> nuggets are back. If you haven't realized, if you're uninformed, <laughs> they're back. Yeah, the tour was fun though. Yeah, it was great. I enjoyed it. I, I want to go back out. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm thinking. I'm thinking next summer Europe. For sure. Yeah, next summer let's hit uh, a European tour. Yeah. Until then, uh, let's. Follow Shauna on, on social media. Follow me on Instagram. I mean, my if you go to my Facebook, you're probably going to be offended by something. And I'm really <laughs> just not trying to be canceled right now. So it's just like, just go look at my butt on Instagram. That's probably the best place to be. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for coming to tour with me. All right. Consider yourself updated. You got the whole tour rundown. How fun is that? Shauna's not even the guest. That's a bonus. We got a bonus guest. So the second guest for the episode is Philip Bulicevich. He is a jazz pianist and composer from Serbia who is currently collecting material for his very first album. In fact, he was cool enough to give us an exclusive sneak peek at his newest track, which he will be releasing soon, but you can hear it on this very episode. I'm going to throw it in the interlude, so keep an ear out for that. Had a great chat with Philip. Great chat. All Covered all the things, education in Germany, quintets in Serbian nightlife, hitting the road, doing gigs. Uh, we even opened with something pretty interesting. I didn't realize this, but I caught him on his return from a meditation retreat. He was gone for about 10 days out in Boston, uh, strengthening his focus. Pretty serious program. I joked about it being military meditation, and you'll see why, because it was pretty intense uh, you know, not, unable to talk, completely disconnected from social media and all kinds of internet access, things like that. Um, all in service of his jazz. I love it. This is the kind of focus and dedication I'm looking for in people. Beautiful. So excited. So grateful to have him. And keep an ear out for the track. I'm going to have, you know what, I'm going to put it in the interlude, like I said, but I'm going to have him uh, introduce his record. So you'll hear that uh, at the end of the interlude, and then we'll jump into the interview, okay? All right. Are you ready? <laughs> For this episode of Smells Like Radio.
And make sure to use promo code syphilis at checkout to support the podcast. <laughs> I'm a jazz pianist and a composer from Serbia. I said I'm gonna put a new funky song out with a great singer from, he's actually from Brooklyn, but he lives in LA. His name is Saeed Renard. And he was a, he was a finalist at the four competition. It's one of those talent competitions. And he actually won a Grammy as a songwriter on a Layla Hathaway song. So he's a, he's a an amazing artist and a super talented singer. Once you hear the song, you, you're going to know what I'm talking about. I think I played it once at that uh, rooftop party where, where we were, but it was still not finished yet. Now it's all fully produced. I think you're going to love the songs. Everybody's crazy about the song. Tell me what did you do to me? Tell me what did you do to me? 
off, and we're live. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You're back, too. Well, not kind of. Kind of, yeah. I took that um, 10-day meditation retreat um, in uh, Massachusetts. Welcome so, back. Thank you. Yeah. How was, did you find uh, where you centered? Um, Kind of, but uh, the, the thing is uh, you just get the tools, you learn the technique, and it's something that helps you, you know, uh, stay calm and um, focused. Cool. Yeah, you said you were. Uh, we were chatting briefly before we hopped on mic. It was like eight hours a day sometimes. Yeah, it's yeah. You, you like once once you get there, you you leave your phone. There's no books, no music. Um, you leave it all at the very beginning, and um, no talking to the other practitioners. Um, the only way you can talk if you is is if you sign up for an interview with a teacher for five minutes sometimes. Wow. And yeah, you don't talk for like not. 10 days but nine days the last day it's a break uh, they break the silence so you kind of prepare yourself for the getting back into the the world yes interesting yeah it, it's a it's a cool thing yeah i was gonna say did you feel uh i would imagine you felt pretty uh disconnected there for a minute yeah it, it's tough also at the same time because um i forgot to say that uh, you wake up um, every morning at 4 a.m 4 a.m and yeah the lights out at 9 30 p.m so my issue is that uh, as like, a musician, this is like military meditation. Kind of, yeah, it's real. <laughs> it, it is. It is. It is something like that. And yeah, what my issue was that I'm, I'm kind of, I have some insomnia problems. I was using sleeping pills for like ten years. Mm. Um, um, I was like doing it back and forth, you know. Yeah. So and um, I was using that week before I went there. So when I was there, I had to give it. Because they don't allow it, so for the first three days it was very rough. I didn't sleep at all, and I thought like, and you can't say anything to anyone. I thought like I'm gonna die or something, you know? It's crazy. But since I came back, I didn't use any pills at all. So wow, see, that. beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, <laughs> that's what I'm saying, man. Funny. Got the tools. Yeah, very cool. Um, did anybody? Did you catch anybody the talking? No, but there was one dude. Um, who who uh so you're not allowed to even uh how do you say gesticulate no is there a word like that like you're not even allowed to point something like or charade type yeah stuff. like con- uh, like even communicate without words you're not you're not supposed to whoa. have eye contact or anything you know whoa 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 so this dude like um one day i was i came to my spot everybody has one spot that you keep for ten days, it's, you know, the same spot you use every time in the in the meditation hall. So I was there and I just noticed that my stuff was not where I left it. And I was like, "This is weird," but maybe someone was, you know, moving yeah. it around because he had no space. Then the next time, same thing. I was like, "Okay." And yeah, the one of the issues is that uh, after a while, you really start feeling the physical pain. And one of the practices is that you try to control that pain with your mind. You know, not to make yeah. more pain out of it whatever so um everybody was really um uncomfortable and having like a couple of uh pillows underneath and some support for their knees and blah, uh, yeah. because when you sit for that long right it's really painful so however um at one point like i saw i was i was getting ready for the for the meditation and i saw a pillow like someone was, this guy was waving a pillow right next to me i was like Look, and then he was like pointing like 
put that pillow on the knee, you know, you know, underneath. And I was like, I couldn't say anything, but I was just waving with my head. Was like, no, dude, I'm gonna control it with my mind. He was like, put it there, you know, it's gonna help yeah. you. And I was wow. like, you know, I couldn't say like, shut the fuck up. The whole <laughs> point is, you can't talk to me, dude. You right. know. And I was so angry after that. I went out. I was like. This dude like fucking ruined ten days of my made it like Ugh. I left New York. I I'm not gonna be working for God knows how long. You know I'm not gonna have any. Right. So this this asshole you know ruined everything. You know I hate him. He's the worst piece of shit. <laughs> and my day they went like that for like I was like, and then the next day I was like, <laughs> what what was you know I was trying to, um, because the point is to you know, not to let your thoughts. Because everybody was having something else, not to let your thoughts over overpower you. Right. And I was trying to look back into it, and I was like, "What was so bad about? What did this guy actually? What <laughs> What did he want to do?" And I was like, "He actually wanted to help me." <laughs> you know, was that was like, his crime. Yeah. Yeah, he wanted to help me. I wanted to get so. Yeah, that was one of the situations. Of nice. The, Were you able to draw any of that uh, back into? Um, your uh your piano playing have you have you been on keys since you've been back i i i am um i'm i it's hard to say jazz is all about being in a moment and um the melody that comes out of i didn't even know how to call out of the creative center out of nowhere is always better than anything you could think of you know so the problem with um let's let's call it a problem with performing uh let's call it a problem yes a problem with jazz is as soon as you start thinking it's it's gone you know yeah. whatever whatever like the melody that's that's spontaneous as like like let's say it this way whatever you think of is not going to be even close to close as good as what is what comes spontaneously you know right so my problem and i think the biggest problem most of the jazz musicians and i assume a problem of comedians probably too once you perform is overthinking you know that's actually what yeah not not sure if that's true yeah no very detrimental yeah you can see people that have been doing sometimes this sometimes the same joke for too long where they fall into like the same rhythm and they're kind of not even like performing it anymore it's just kind of like second nature you know so there's not the same you don't bring the same energy as like the first time you thought of it you know yeah when when the emotion behind whatever it is or the intent behind whatever that creative stream was was like the rawest you know so am i allowed to ask you questions or is that <laughs> supposed to be that way sure yeah you yeah. got some questions so, okay let me ask you that question so that's true it, it's it's the best the, the way it felt first time so what do you do to bring that feeling back once you have to say the same joke you know man i'll be honest um Oftentimes, I just stop telling the jokes. It's kind of a problem. You know, whatever I'm currently working on, I imagine it's the same. Whatever yeah, you're currently yeah. working on has all of your focus, yes, all of your excitement. You're like, yes, I have something here. I want to make it as good as possible. And then eventually, you know, you kind of, you got to release the song. You yeah. got to kind of let it go. Like, look, we built that bit. We got all the tags, hit the punchline. We figured it out. It works. It's streamlined. Yeah. On to the next. It is um, a bit different. That's why I ask you the way I do it, um, and that's one of the um, dilemmas that I have right now. Because you know I'm a jazz pianist, and you heard that I've I've been 
producing some pop music. And uh, if you ask me which one I like more, there's no way for me to say, you know. And that's You said you were listening to my new single, Day Without You, which is a jazz piano ballad. And then two songs before that were like completely funky disco. Yeah, man. Like, yeah, yeah. real funky. So you have a real ear for bass, you know? Yeah. Uh, bass is all. That. And the the third one, um, I'm not sure if we're going to be able to podcast it. It depends on if, if the podcast is going to be before or after the release of the very new song. So if it's after, of course, you can include that one too. Okay, cool. Yeah. So Wow. Yeah. Smells or, like radio debut. Yeah, or if it's before, maybe just a sneak a peek, you know, like just a little bit. And this one. A melody or two? Yeah. Give me three keys, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and like you said, I like bass, and those two songs have a lot of bass. But this song has even like twice as much bass. Yes, that's that what I'm two. talking about, yeah. too. Yeah. That's what a I day, like. A Day Without You, super. Who, who, is, is, the, who is your bassist? It's me. It's 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 software. It's Come dude. It's on, like dude. it's the it's technology. Wow! I record here in this room, like with this. It's all all in this room. Yeah, I'm getting all these great creative vibes. Wow! And this is also part of my creation. I just uh, I had no space to put anything, so I built like a bed, which is a a closet at the same time. <laughs> it really you got some funky licks, man. What I'm when we talk about day without you as an acoustic kind of song mm-hmm. um i was really for for many years i was like um i really didn't didn't like technology and recreating the the acoustic piano sound or bass kind of you know right but this these new softwares like keyscape it's so good it's so amazing it's really it's hard to, you didn't even know there it's a you know yeah and anyone i played you know except for a couple of music they would oh this this note was i could see that you know especially it's like why why would you limit your ability to create yeah you know that that's that was actually the point that i was i was thinking of like how am i going to record this song record this song where i'm going to record it to book a studio it's it's a lot of money you know, and to book a studio just for one song makes no sense. If I'm going to book it, I'm going to record a whole album. But I still don't have all the material for the, tr- you know, solo three or whatever that, that kind of mood was for the whole album. I'm getting there. Just nice. To, to let you know. Yeah, I, I was going to say I got an album written down over here. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, um, but I'm planning to record an album of something else. I actually made the recording just spontaneous. I was just, I'm just going to record it for myself. And the funny thing is that my roommate, Tiana, Mm-hmm. I think she was calling me at the at the very moment where I was playing while I was playing and she wanted I was like just about to stop the recording just you know to say like uh, sorry you know yeah but it just kept on going and um the weird thing is like now when I listen to it yeah. it was one of those moments where like most of the melodies is nothing I've learned or I know you know oh, just wow, came yeah. out of nowhere and that's why I like it yeah oh thank god you have the uh presence of focus to like go with that it's so easy to get distracted you know I yes mean, i, I mean, see why you're doing these insane yeah i'm doing it because i do not have so much but you know i'm i'm getting better at it and that's that's the goal that's where i'm wow. aiming for cool yeah building an album yeah so, so y- exciting yeah what now we're talking about what took this song so long to to make is it was also uh finding a perfect vocal for it and once I heard him, I was like, "This guy's perfect." It just, right, right, right. 
he's perfect for this song. And one of the, when I go uh, like back to to the past before I moved to New York, one of the reasons for me to move is actually to find a, a great uh, vocalist, like native U.S. you know vocalist who's gonna sing this song because those two first songs are recorded in Serbia with a Serbian singer. You know, yeah, it's different than having a native. So I was wondering when when did you start playing the piano? So yeah, when I was when I started my elementary school when I was eight. Mm-hmm. So the way it works in Serbia, the system it's like there's public music schools as well. One of the public schools from Belgrade was having like um, test kind of uh, department inside of my elementary school. So they were offering music lessons. Oh, wow. For okay. students who were interested. And I was actually already late, and uh, they already had the class, and it was done. But somehow, my uncle, when I was at home and I was singing, he was like, This, like, you have a talented kid over here. He should do some music. Wow. And then we went to check it out a couple of months after. There was like, We're full. We can't take you in. And my father was like, Please just, can you hear him? And th- there's like a way to, to check your, um, y- your the, the way you hear, you know, if you're mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. They play something on a piano, you have to. S- sing along mm-hmm. and once we did it like they were like okay we're gonna we're gonna have you and yeah two years later i discovered i have a perfect pitch actually and you know cool s- so on wow so the uncle kind of put put in the good word yeah he, he he put that you say bug he yeah precisely yeah and uh my father was the one who was and he actually asked my father was the one who came like hey what do you want to play like you want to choose an instrument? I was like, yeah. He was like, what do we do? On a p-? I was like, I didn't know what, what, what instruments are there. You know, yeah. it was just like that. He was like, he, he himself, he didn't know. He was like, uh, I think guitar, violin, <laughs> piano. What do you I was like, piano's good. Okay, sounds fine. Yeah, Let's cool. do it. That's how it happened. So it's fairly young. Uh, yeah, eight eight years. Yeah. Wow. I was eight. So, so it's been 23 years now. Was there a so, piano in the house, or did you eventually get one, or how did that uh, work? So at the beginning, we only had an accordion, like a very shitty small accordion okay, at home. Yeah. So my brother would be, you know, stretching it, yeah. and I would be playing. That's the first first instrument I had. We had no money for a piano. But then I was practicing at school, mm-hmm. because school had a couple of pianos. And um, then the same uncle bought me a piano from, um, brought me a piano from... Um, from Switzerland. Really? Yes, because he lives there. But what he didn't, it was an old piano, it was a nice piano, but uh, when they brought it from Switzerland to Serbia, inside of how, uh, our house, as soon as I played it, it was a a, a, a half a key lower. Oh, really? Means, like the strings were, it was an old thing. And right. you couldn't, you couldn't, how do you say? Tune it? Tune it so high because everything would, you know, it was a, a wooden mechanic, like old school mechanic. Right. So actually, I ended up having it as a souvenir. I never played it. I couldn't because I have, you know, a perfect pitch. And then it just drive you crazy. Yeah, I, I couldn't play it. Wow. So. <laughs> You're like, Get this piece of <laughs> shit piano here. <laughs> the fuck am I? <laughs> That's great, dude. Yeah. How fun. I'm, I'm wondering what you were like in school. You were a, a music head? Were you in bands at all? Yeah, right. That's also one of the the classes you have right after you start. You you have a small band, you have a big band, name it. When I was the second year of my high school, I met a German composer, Peter Habelsheimer. 
who was leading a, like one of the best student orchestras in Germany. And he did a workshop in our school. And uh, he actually invited me over to Germany. And that's how I started my career, so to say, playing with that orchestra for the next two years. And that's what actually brought me. That's where I met my, mm, like, um, how do you say, university mentor John Taylor from, from, from UK. Wow. And everything was going that direction. So four years later, when I was 18, I started studying music in Cologne, in Germany. Wow. Jazz piano, yeah. How fun is that? Yeah, it was like, uh, and it was a complete coincidence. He actually came, did the workshop, I didn't know how, and then we did a couple of concerts in Serbia, and at 3 a.m. on our way back to Belgrade, everybody had to stop, and I woke up inside the bus. And when I woke up, um, I saw no one's inside the, the bus, and I went to the spot it was like 3 a.m. and everybody was having some special kind of sour milk whatever there was like a restaurant had some something special and everybody <laughs> was having that yeah okay you know and i was like uh what well, you know i was just, literally i just woke up and i'm going inside and i see him who was actually traveling by his car so it was a coincidence that he stopped by also by his car because we had separate um whoa drivers whatever right and as soon as he saw me he was like hey kid you want to come to germany to play in an orchestra i was like Whoa! Really? It was like, yeah. I I barely spoke any English then. So wow. It was kind of, and from that point on, you know, everything was going towards Germany. Germany, yeah. Nightlife in Germany at jazz clubs and stuff. Mm. What, what kind of stages were you hitting? Uh, there was a couple of clubs called um, Loft. Oh man, I forgot the names. It was, it's a while ago. Oh, of course, yeah. So no. I, I then I just I mean, what was the vibe in the room? Was it so like? So actually, I moved back to Serbia in 2000 because I didn't like when you say the vibe it's yeah. it's something I was missing in Germany you know oh, I, had, yeah. I had better vibes but I didn't have that that possibility of education there was no uh, university for jazz there was no you know department I see, in yes. Serbia so there was no way for me to study in Serbia so I see that was the advantage but the disadvantage was like the weather also sucked and a couple of things Serbian nightlife, pretty lit. Serbian nightlife is what you want. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. Serbian, you know, it's crazy. It's like, it's it's so much going on in a, in a city that's like 10 times smaller than New York. But lit really, the energy over there, I think you can go out every night in Belgrade. I'm pretty oh. sure. Like oh, I bet. Tuesday night, boom, you go out. And Just hanging out with you guys, I can tell that. Yeah, you can, you can see how everybody is, you know, yeah. in the mood for the party yeah hell yeah the vibe is alive as they say yeah that's very exciting so you you would hit um hit stages all over serbia as well i imagine oh i started playing right after so this is a funny thing when i started high school for jazz i had no idea about jazz i barely played any jazz so as soon as i start learning about jazz a year after i started doing gigs and at the at the age of 15 my first gig with duchkoga who is the most famous serbian trumpet player who was actually hanging with Miles Davis here in, in New York Whoa. in the 60s. He's 87 or something. He literally played with Miles and Dizzy Gillespie and the Cats like that. And I was invited to play with his quintet in Belgrade. And from that point on, I was just playing, 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 you know. Of course. You know, all the time. I would go, I would go, actually, th that was during my high school. So I would go out, play till 4 a.m., come back home, a bit drunk, tell my <laughs> father it was, you know, it was the way you know. it was all right it was, it was whatever. yeah <laughs> yeah and i don't know if i'll go next time yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah have fun yeah and um literally it was like that for for 
three years, um, 15 till 18, I was literally all hanging every night. Uh, yeah, it was the it was maybe the most fun part of my life. Should I say it? Nah. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Today. Hey. Yeah. Come on. The honeymoon of your life. Yeah. Something like that. Well, cool. Thanks, man. Look at this. We're right on time too. Right on time. This is what I love about talking to musicians. Yeah. <laughs> perfect timing. Perfect pitch. I mean, come on. Should I add anything or? Yeah, yeah. Let's get some plugs. How how do the people find you? How do people follow you? Yeah. So let's say this because yeah, uh, the the new songs coming out. New songs coming out. First of all, check out the old stuff already. Yes. And please. we're saying old. It's like it's yeah, like it's, this year. Yes. It's <laughs> it's it's F I L I P again. B U L A T O V I C H. But I'm coming with a new artist name since it's both jazz and pop and um, yeah. so multiple artistic personality disorder but instead of calling it a disorder let's say it's order mapo which is m-a-p-o pulling a prince on us dude <laughs> i love it how fun all right cool so philip bulatovich when you type it on google you're gonna find a bunch of stuff and yeah if you follow me instagram i'll i'll be like announcing all the uh, future upcoming gigs and uh yeah, releases of all the songs. Yeah. yeah. Cool, man. Well, thanks. thanks man. Uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Cheers. All right, that is the show, and what a jam-packed one it was. You know the drill. Follow me on Instagram for more artsy bullshit, and tune in next month for the next episode. Yeah, should he go... Like further or this is this is good?